welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans with four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. Our European Championship Cup is up and running with a clean sheet and a bonus point win. But with Scarlets forfeiting the game, will a week with no competitive rugby be a blessing or a curse for the Bears? We discuss the forthcoming trip to Gay Paris and speculate on what team Pat will send across the channel. And with a third of the league season done and dusted, we also give our thoughts on our lacklustre start and our expectations for the rest of the campaign. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee, Miles, Pete and the Christmas tree for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, Lee, back at your house, thank you very much. Um, You're welcome, boys. You in, you in the tree looking, looking very well. Have you had a good weekend, the two of you? A really good weekend, but I, I would like to just point out to the listeners quite quickly that the Christmas tree isn't actually drinking a cheeky beer it's just the four of us okay all right like, that's important to get out there for the kids is, is it underage it's uh it's, it's it's what three weeks old so yeah yeah you know i mean i started young but you know that's a cool. little bit above three weeks that, 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 that's important <laughs> uh, and miles how was your weekend of course you had a, a little bit of a hole saturday afternoon a few spare hours yeah uh, how did you spend that uh i've forgotten to be honest with you i Without wishing to be contradicted by Peter McGrammer and everything, I had a family weekend of taking my son to football, uh, taking my daughter to tennis and um, chilling out, putting the Christmas tree up. That's pretty much my hey, weekend. Hey, there we are. No, two just, up now, two just, up at the four Just to of clarify, us. I think if you said I had a happy family weekend, <laughs> then I would have said that's a contradiction in terms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's yeah. move on. Right, uh, and... Pete, how are you? Look like you a little bit tentative on the old leg. How's the knee? Yeah, I've got a bad knee. Bad knee. You know, I don't want to go on about it, boys. But anyway, what happened was uh, I got this letter after for three weeks after going to the GPs to then tell me I had 19 weeks on a waiting list just to even be looked at again. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm thinking I'm halfway between paying for private a private operation or chopping it off it's just like it's all that pivot isn't it when he gets down on that front knee when he's swinging that cricket bat around in the summer well there we are and we'll put out the weekly plea if uh, any knee surgeons are listening to Bears Beyond the Gate and want to help to uh, continue uh, the podcast with uh, Peg Leg here then uh, please do get in touch with with us at the usual places now um, obviously we 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 had a bit of fun bit of banter didn't we on the last podcast and maybe we we made a joke or two about friends that are slightly <laughs> north of uh, Bristol or our colleagues in Gloucester but uh, Pete I think I think we've had a message on our on the the Bristol Bears forum online forum uh, about a concerned listener well we we a couple of pods ago we did uh, make a very gentle light-hearted remark about the South Stand, which did did generate a little bit of debate, um, and I did make a, a kind of apology last week. Uh, so, uh, but we 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 had a message from Cider Ken, who actually is a Bristol fan, but I think it was a kind of mixture of that and a bit of the old Gloucester Forest of Dean gagging last week. So I thought I ought to make amends by reading Cider Ken's 
tweet outside of Ken's post and he says good show lads but just a couple of points as a season ticket holder in the south stand I think I detected an apology for singing gate well he was right but as I live in the forest of Dean I'm beginning to feel picked on <laughs> uh, but you are aware that the Christmas tree who has become the most insightful member of the panel also he's, has he's right family again. <laughs> yeah he's right again but the Christmas tree also has family in the area um, and could have had his feelings hurt as well um if it helps for future shows and to save time, I drive a Ford Focus, own a Who iPhone, and support Gloucestershire <laughs> Cricket Club. So, sorry to Ken, it's it's a good point, well made. And you know what? And I think all valid points, except for I think he's been quite generous to my Christmas tree because that one definitely came out of a factory in Wolverhampton. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Well, let's uh, move on with the rugby, if if we can, in the, the fact that the game wasn't played. Uh, Lee, let me come to you. Uh, news broke uh, eventually. I mean, we talked about it at length on the last podcast about would the game go ahead or not? Uh, what kind of team would Scarlet's field? But in the end, they decided they couldn't field a team. They, they had some guidance from European rugby saying if they had some Ospreys players, they were definitely going to be cup-tied. So it kind of kiboshed the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so we got the news that it was a 28 points to nil walkover win. Uh, we get the five points, gets our campaign up and running. But how did you feel when the news broke that the game was off? Yeah, I mean, it's not ideal, is it? But I mean, I, I, I guess really, I mean, there was no chance of playing this game. And I would rather not play it than play a, a scratch Scarlet's side, you know, player welfare is massively important, as we all know. I mean, purely talking from a fan's point of view, the beauty of that game would have been massive because, you know, any England versus Wales, Welsh teams uh, games are brilliant. And we remember when, was it Ponty Preve came down a couple of years ago and the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? Scarlet's would have been, you know, bringing loads of fans over and it would have been a great spectacle. So I think we've all missed out on that. And I think we'd all agree, you know, none of us really want a, a forfeit win, do we? Um, but that's what it is. And, and that's what and we have to go again now, don't we? And, and you know, that's, that's what the rules uh, dictate. It certainly does. And uh, Miles, I mean, do you think this will change Pat's thinking around the competition? The fact that... You know, we, we've now got the five points on the board. Is you know, and now only have to play three of the four games. Do you, do you think this might push him a little bit more to... to I'm sure he'll be serious about this competition, but will will it make him even more serious? Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I agree with, with Lee that it's sad that we didn't play the game and that we'll chat about the consequences of it. Um, potentially not. I mean, I know we bagged the five points. I mean, tongue in cheek, that could be our best result all season uh, for Patlam. But oh, out, <laughs> <well>, Miles. <laughs> but uh, it's not. I'm not the only one saying that. A few colleagues at work laughing. Um, I think the, the preparation this week must have been massive. But obviously, we, we probably got the nod earlier that it wasn't going to happen. Uh, we've got an extra week in training. Yes, we got the five points, but I think Pat was serious about this competition. He stated that at the beginning of the season, didn't he? That he wanted to go, you know, big in Europe, finish uh, uh, the finals in the in the Premiership. So, yeah, more more prep time, but I not the right sort of prep time, in my opinion. Uh, and Pete, let me come to you. I mean, on on that uh, on that note. Uh, would would have this been an opportunity to to give the likes of Ran Ranja and Randall and Luatoa another I don't know forty minutes sixty minutes to to get them up to P 
peak fitness and sharpness ready for, for the game against Stad and then of course the big game on Boxing Day against Leicester yeah I think so I mean I am in the in the generally in the it's better to play camp in order to get fit and sharp for future games than in the oh let's have another week of training camp that said given one of two technical deficiencies that we have <laughs> uh, we have uh, seen in the last few games maybe a little bit extra time scrummaging line out work on you know on the basics I think may not have been a bad thing but uh, yeah I, undoubtedly it was un- it was disappointing but I think that uh, as we kind of suspected it was it was made for the right decisions and, and I think they probably did try to see if they yeah. could put it on again mm. and they didn't and I, and I think nobody came out of it you know looking bad I think ev- everyone tried their best so it was a real shame real shame but you know to coin a a societal cliche it is what it is there we are so um let's let's look ahead then to the next game uh fingers crossed all being well because we're recording this uh it's just before eight o'clock and the prime minister is about to make an announcement we don't know what that is so uh who nor, knows? nor does he probably <laughs> we, we, we might be re-recording it uh, if in in a few moments but the next game is uh, Sunday the 19th of December, uh, Stade Francais versus Bristol. It's a 5.30pm UK time kickoff. Uh, and before we talk about uh, the game, a uh, good friend of the pod, Remy, um, he, uh, he chatted with Pete uh, this weekend. Uh, and let's, uh, let's have a, a listen now and uh, listen very carefully. We will play this only once. <laughs> Okay, so I am very excited to be joined by Remy Calandra, who is a great friend of the pod, but also a Stade Francais fan, who we met uh, almost exactly three years ago, actually, at Ashton Gates, um, when we last played uh, Stade Francais in the Challenge Cup. Um, so, well, a lot of things have happened in the world since since that that day. Um, but it is very, very um, good to speak to you, Remy, and, and we really appreciate you Thank coming you on. And, uh, first of all, uh, how are you? I'm grand. I'm grand. I'm sitting in a youth hostel in Ireland and uh, waiting for a music session tonight and a game of rugby tomorrow. So I'm in hogs heaven. It's, it sounds like the perfect weekend, but uh, music and rugby. Um, so... Uh, I mean, obviously, the reason you're in uh, in Ireland is that you're uh, you're in Galway, I believe, in a youth hostel. <laughs> I understand, um, waiting yes. uh, for the uh, the Stad Connacht game tomorrow. Um, but and obviously, we're we're here to maybe talk about the uh, the, the Bears Stad game next weekend. But before we do, I'm just interested to to find out from you a little bit about how um, Stad have been getting on this season, a little bit about the team, who which players have been playing well, and and it, and and uh, and what your opinions are on, on how the season I've got so far okay so I'll I'll go a little bit further back uh, the club nearly died uh, of uh, Mr. Myers uh, who was the coach at the time and um, he, he wasn't the man for the situation he may be a very nice man but he wasn't the man for the situation and we weren't relegated because of COVID that froze the results of the, of the games. Yeah. So then came uh, a man that I particularly appreciate, which is Mr. Gonzalo Quesada, mm-hmm. who is from Argentina and is our coach. And without bringing with him his own physios, his own staff, as they do normally, taking the club as it, were, as it was, that is, 
virtually relegated. He brought in for the sixth spot last last year. Yeah. So that was a wonderful result with a with a, an ending run of the season that was unbeaten for six games, wow. which was unbelievable. Uh, now we've hired some uh, some players at the front row, not, uh, at the front row, at the at the back row as well. And the club is in pretty good state, but the confidence is yet not there. Okay. Not there yet. Uh, the confidence is not there yet. It shows in some away games, like against Biarritz, where we lost, like against Brive, where we lost. And uh, I believe it's starting to to move back into normal because we've got a great a great list of players. I'll go in more details uh, uh, in a few minutes, in a few seconds. But uh, we uh, beat La Rochelle, and La Rochelle is the a for informed game at the moment, informed team at the mm. moment, and we we beat them kind of fair and square. We lost to Montpellier, that was uh, a heartbreak because we lost with the the losing bonus and the attacking bonus, two bonuses in one game because we scored four tries, and you know that's uh, in France the the attacking bonus is three tries different. Mm. So we lost. We lost scoring four tries, and they they won scoring one try. And uh, it was a shock for the confidence of the team. But then I'm sure Gonzalo Quezada could make some positives about this. And so uh, the game again against Connaught, we're coming with a mixed team. So um, I'd say at the moment in Europe we are. Touching the water to see if it's cold or not, and if it's warm enough, we'll go for a swim. That <laughs> means next week, either we lost in Connacht, and you see uh, a team that is a mix of veterans and youngsters, or we win against Connacht, and you see the full-fledged team, and then uh, God will know which side is on. Mm. But. Uh, the, the the thing might result, I'm afraid, in a in a defeat for for the Bears because uh, we have a great front row. I'm talking about a man who starts from the bench tomorrow. It's Mr. Paul Aloimil with a fantastic tight head. His brother Moses plays at uh, loose head and is becoming more and more of an asset. We got also Mr. Kakovin at. Um, at uh, tight, loose head, sorry, he was a, a veteran, but he, he, he played some great games for Stade Francais. And you know how the, the, the referees are hard on the on the scrum in France. Uh, the second row is not of a problem for us because we discovered a new talent with uh, Pierre-Henri Azago and is wonderful at the line-out is wonderful in ball in hand. So we, we, we expect a great more uh, more prodigies from him. In the back row, we have the wonderful Sekou Makalu, but as you saw him in, in international games, mm. in test rugby, he wasn't that good at all. He, his game against Georgia was below par, but for Stade Francais, he's done wonders. Mm. He's good under the high ball, is extremely fast, is as fast as a winger and, and more sometimes. And Sekou Makalou has just signed for the club for some more years until 2027 or 2025. I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit carried away there. Uh, so we got a, a great back row. 
but it's not the full-fledged back row we're sending to Ireland. So will it be the full-fledged back row against the Bears? I don't know yet. I think the game of tomorrow will tell us a lot about our ambitions in Europe. Yeah. Uh, Concerning the um, what we call la charnière, that is the, the fly halves and strong halves, um, neither Coville or Hall, James Hall, at uh, scrum half has shown to be in the in their best um, in their best moment mm. uh, this season. But they're slowly getting it back to the to the the, the pace they had. Uh, last season where they were fantastic, both of them, especially James Hall. So we're expecting a great deal from them, but it's not there yet. Mm. Sogon is our is our uh, fly half of choice. He's got a fantastic kick. And tomorrow we're, we're fielding Hernandez, uh, Sanchez, sorry, Sanchez. Yeah. And Sanchez has a tendency to kick it a little bit long. That is leaving time for the opposition to think and launch a counter-attack. So... Maybe it's I, I'm I'm not in the dressing room, so I don't know what's going on. What are the talks? But maybe Sanchez is fielded tomorrow to regain some confidence against Connacht because, as you know, he's been the first choice for the Pumas for years. Yeah. And he beat the All Blacks, scoring all the points of his team, but then he he fell back to second choice of Mario Ledesma. So. Is Sanchez in good shape? We'll know tomorrow, and we'll prob- you'll probably see him against the Bears if he is. Well, I mean, this is, this is fa- that's fascinating and really, really deep dive into into the club. I, I really thank you for that, and I've got to say, listening to you, I'm not feeling very optimistic at all um, for next weekend. Partly because we're going to be away from home, partly because our set piece has been a bit uh, a bit dodgy this season, particularly yes. the scrum, which was a bit worrying when you told me about your front row, and, and partly because we are, you know, we're not in a great amount of form. I don't know if you've seen, well, I'm sure you've seen. Yes, I, I, I've seen some games. Yeah, we've, I, we've not had a great start to the season, but but the, the difficult was was a disappointment to me. That's right. Yeah. But I mean, the, the one crumb of comfort we do have is that actually last game we had, which was uh, Gloucester away, we finally had some of our bigger stars come back. So Semirandrandra finally made a reappearance about a month earlier than we were expecting. So he's made a, 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 a almost re- miraculous recovery from injury. So I'm pretty sure he will be uh, he will be playing next weekend. And and our captain Stephen Luatua came back from a number of weeks of injury. Mm-hmm. So I get and Harry Randall, who is our, our kind of England. Uh, well, England squad scrum half because he never actually plays for England. He just goes and gets injured. But he played well. So I think our only crumb of comfort is that we we may well be relatively close to a to a full team next next weekend. But um, so I'm I, I hope uh, it's going to be a good game. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure how many fans are going to be there because uh, there are obviously a few issues at the moment. With uh... I must confess, we 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 have uh, Paris is a football city, mm. and we have uh, a, a fifteen thousand capacity stadium, uh, which is 
on a small game, 8,000 mm. strong, 8,000 seats sold, and on a big game, 15,000. I don't know uh, how the, the fans are, uh, and it's winter, mm. and, and it's close to Christmas. I don't know how the fans are going to react. I hope we welcome you with a much bigger crowd than last time. Yeah. Uh, because of terrorism and uh, and COVID and, and things, people, people didn't turn up. Uh, I, I hope there is a bigger crowd. I haven't talked about our backs, yeah. our, our three quarters yet. Go for uh, it. We had uh, some form of disappointment with Gani Lomape, who is a whole black, and didn't play very well at the beginning of the season. And he had a fantastic game against Montpellier, his first fantastic game, where he showed what we expect from him. And if... The, the the diesel engine uh, starts to warm up a little bit. It'll be a great asset. Yeah. Of course, we look at Semir Adrara with in awe and respect because he's a fantastic player you have, and we, we know he's gonna he's gonna show his, his best in France because he played for Bordeaux for a while. Yeah. So back back in France, he's gonna show his best. I'm sure. Um, about the youngsters we have. Um, are they the, the, the coach Gonzalo Quezada said they are the choice of the team? We want them to improve and we want them, we want to nurture them into being great players. Are they able to do so? I don't know, but mm -hmm. we are uh, counting every year two free guys from the academy, and it's a lot for a professional team to get two free guys from the academy. You know, the, the rule in France is the chief rule that means jeune issue de la formation française. French trained players. So you could be Ferrain, like Moses Aloemil is now a French trained player. But we have to field 16 of them on each match list week after week. Wow. And if you don't do so, you can be deduced points from wow. the table. And uh, in uh, Europe, this rule doesn't apply, of course. So we can have all the foreigners we want that's that's something you have to keep in mind mm, that's uh, interesting see, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll up, yeah well i know you said earlier that uh, you you thought it would be a, a difficult trip for the bears um do you want to hazard a a score prediction i'm uh stade francais was supposed to have fun against biarritz the last they, they were supposed to beat brive the last so i'll be very cautious and say 1917 Oh, ah, well, that, that I like the sound of that. <laughs> the way well, that's you were earlier, I thought it might be a bit bit different. So a close game, uh, a close yes. game by the sounds of it. Um, well, look, Remy, it's it's fantastic. Thank you so much for for giving us that that amazing insight. And I know that a lot of our listeners will be, uh, you know, will be very pleased to hear all this and, and learn. And we all like to learn um, about other teams. But uh, and I and I do. I, I think we are a little bit uh, uh, reticent about our chances. But you know, we've had a, a weekend off, maybe uh, a little ex bit of extra training, a bit of a bit of extra time to prepare. And as you say. You know, we're not quite sure how what will happen with you against Connacht, so you're not quite sure which team. So, um, yeah. either way, it, rugby hopefully will be the winner. <laughs> I, I I do hope so, and I do hope that whatever the result, you hear the blackbird. Oh well, thank you very much. Excellent bit of knowledge. Thank you very. Well, great to hear from Remy, and you've got a Frenchman in Ireland in a youth hostel talking yeah. about a game of rugby to we've, Bristol fans. We've made it. This is exactly I, what I, we wanted I when we first talked about the, the podcast. Two pods ago, we um, 
we kind of showed some disrespect to a stand in a stadium. Last week, we showed disrespect to a, a kind of city in a region. Now, you've just shown disrespect to a whole country. Like, where is this going to end? It's going up in the world. Oh, have I done that? Was that my very bad hello, hello? Yeah, no, like, gentle teasing. And, and it's teasing that makes the world go round, isn't it? And what a lovely bloke Remy was. Yeah. As I said, it was uh, one of my my more uh, technically challenging uh, little premier, well, not premiership preview, obviously, Champions Cup chat because the uh, championship, championship uh, chats because Remy was in a yeah youth hostel he wasn't sure whether there was any Wi-Fi and he, he anyway it all worked out well and yeah I um, mean gave us a uh, he gave us a very very detailed breakdown of uh, of the Stad team and, and, and exactly what we need because we basically know nothing. Do we? <laughs> I, I'm confused now, the boys. The championship chat are we. Are we talking about a, a cat is really oh, competitive no, you're, now? You, you're, you're better than that, Lee. You're better than that. <laughs> Uh, so no, it was it, it was good to hear from him, and uh, interesting the Argentinian coaches come in and turn things around um, because yeah, COVID really saved their bacon, didn't it? Because uh, they 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 were down and out that mm. season. Mm. Um, so let's uh, let's think about the uh, the team then. Um, let me come to you first, Lee. Um, how do you think Pat's going to approach this? We we mentioned a little earlier in the pod. You know, we've got five points on the board. It's a good start. Are we gonna are we gonna send the full team? Are we gonna expect a squad similar to Gloucester, or do you think Pat's gonna balance it a little bit with the big game against Leicester on Boxing Day, which is what six days after this one? Mm, yeah, it's tough, and I'm kind of I'm doing a Trevor Brookin tone, and you know I'm sitting on the fence with this one because uh, Sir, Sir Trevor, yeah, Sir Trevor, sorry. Um, I don't. I my my head says Pat will play quite a strong team in in this because like we've just we've all just said we've we've had another week on the training field, we've got a lot of our big guns who've only just come back and need the game time. I'm not saying they'll play the full eighty, but they'll you know in my eyes they'll play at least 40, 60 minutes. Um, so I think Pat will play a, a fairly strong team in this, but maybe not for the whole the whole hog. Okay, and uh, obviously Pete talked to um, Remy before the game. Miles, if I come to you, we now know that Connaught beat them 36 points to nine. So quite a a heavy defeat. Do you think that's going to be a factor now for for Paris? Are they, or Stade Francais rather? Are Are they thinking, well, maybe we won't play our full strength team? Or are they thinking... English opposition just before Christmas at yeah. home. If we lose this game, we're out. So we have to go full guns blazing. Yeah, I think so. I, I think based on what Lee said, I don't think Pat's going to send a bad team to France. Players need game time, and potentially France might know that we've had an extra week off. Um, you're right. I mean, taking a hiding in your own ground, it, it, it's not going to happen, is it? It's not what French fans want. Providing COVID rules allow, they'll have a big crowd in Paris. Hopes some Bristol fans get over. Yeah, they're going to play tough, really, really tough. Probably, you know, the big French pack. And maybe they didn't send the strongest team to Connor um, at risk of travelling restrictions, scuppering next weekend. Um, and probably see a, a better and stronger side in Paris. And Pete, let me come to you. Sorry, you just a couple of things I wanted to pick up miles there I think we're playing just a couple just Stade Francais rather than the French team oh, <laughs> and, yeah. oh, oh, that is, that is poor and also as Remy pointed out in his little bit just now is that 
it's it, Paris is a football town, and and I think the last time we went to Stade, they only they only had eight thousand fans uh, in the fifteen thousand stadium, and he was hopeful that they would there would be a bigger crowd yeah. for the the Bristol game, which. But I, I think he was saying, you know, Christmas, COVID again. Okay. So I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure whether what sort of uh, uh, reception Bristol will get. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a hostile situation because... They're passionate fans, but they, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, but but I'm sure. I mean, we're all passionate yeah. fans and fair play to them. But I, I think um, that, yeah, I mean, clearly it's not easy. I mean, it's not easy flying out to a... Yeah, particularly under the situations that are happening now, flying out to a foreign ground. Um, so can I just ask, do, have we heard from Remy? Some, I did actually result? send him a little message after the Connaught um, result and just say, have you got any final, um, fi- any co- last-minute comments Yeah, <laughs> for, for the pod just before we re- we actually go on air, <laughs> as it was. <were, laughs> <as> it <is. laughs> uh, sounds really posh, I don't go on air. Yeah. Uh, but he said... I said unlucky. I thought I'd better say unlucky, uh, just just so he's happy. I said looked looked a tough game for you. Have a safe journey back. Any last minute thoughts? And he said, well, uh, look, look. no, he did. He said, well, uh, yeah, it looks like we might dumb the old competition. Strangely enough, I believe in a much stronger team next week. So oh, okay. oh, did he say the last bit in like a hamstring? He did. suddenly changed it to, a, <laughs> yeah. to some sort of mix between the South Salad Coast guy, and really. a bit of Bristolian in there from being here for We are, we are pretty rubbish at accents. <laughs> yeah, so, so no, I mean, I guess he did kind of allude to this, that it will, it will probably be a stronger stad side next, mm. next week at the home advantage. Maybe a few fans as well. It's going to be a tough assignment, isn't it? Yeah. And, and of course, you you've got your flight booked. You've got your yeah. ticket. You're, yes. set, you're going to be our man yes. at, at, at the ground. Absolutely. At least there'll be yes. one fan there. International at the correspondent. Yeah. Well, got a bit of a problem with that, boys. <laughs> I, I'm a bit worried. I've got to say, I'm normally quite you know happy-go-lucky sort of guy. Was really excited about going to France next week to Paris. Booked a flight ages ago. Bought a ticket, most expensive one as well, forty euros on the halfway line. That's not bad, is it? Forty euros. It's not bad, halfway, actually. Halfway, yeah, halfway. I was pretty, yeah. pretty impressed. Yeah. But you see, the problem is you've got to take a lateral flow when you get out there, and you can't just take one of. I can't just take one of my school lateral flows. I've got to do one out there before I basically in the day. And of course, if that comes back pos- uh, positive albeit true positive or false positive, I'm in a bit of a pickle, boys. I'll be stuck out there for 10 days at least and, you know, for the whole of Christmas. So I'm not sure I can... Well, I'm not sure I can risk it. Well, 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 let's just rewind here. <laughs> now, now, obviously, we were all, you know, most of us happily partnered up. And... Um, but have you thought, have you considered being stuck <laughs> in one of the great capital cities of the world on your own over the Christmas and or would it quite go into New Year wouldn't quite go into New Year it could be quite uh, quite <laughs> an enticing uh, you know <laughs> you know what Tony now you mention it I'm actually thinking what, what you're trying to say is I want to get a positive test so in fact what I am going to do then is if I fly out there next Sunday go maskless into any bars that I can get, yeah you're right 10 well, no, days no, no see this is it because you know you learn this off the kids you don't need to actually get infected no all you need to do is, is it a, just a little drop of orange juice yes. or lemon juice oh, in yeah. a test oh yes and it, and it gives you gives you that positive so you're part of your stuck in France and yeah. actually you're, you're young free well not young but free and free and easy <laughs> to uh, 10 days 
I'll have the credit card. I mean, it doesn't count. It's not real money, is it? I can pay for the hotel for 10 days. <laughs> not in the Moulin Rouge. Oh, boys, uh, you know brilliant. what? I was all for cancelling. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we talked you around, Pete. Uh, you know when you can do that, uh, we can do like a 60-second clip. I might, I might do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's Pete's partner's uh, email address? It's <laughs> all right. She doesn't listen, so it's fine. <laughs> okay, so uh, so um, I I I think Pat will send a reasonably strong team. I don't think he's going to send our strongest team. I think there might be a few players that uh, he he keeps back because don't forget we've got Exeter and Boxing Day. And then we've got to go yeah. to Sandy Park as well. Got and we've got, we got Leicester Tigers, Tigers oh, sorry, as well. Leicester, yeah. Sorry, Leicester on Boxing Day. And then, and, and then, we, then we go to Sandy Park. What did I say? You, you said, said Tigers said, and then Tigers. No, you said, and then, no, you said, no, you said Sandy Chiefs. Park. No, you said Exeter on Boxing Day. Yeah. Oh, did I? And so, then we got Chiefs on New Year's Day. Right, Sandy sorry, Park. Yeah. He is human. Yeah, let's not forget. <laughs> we've got Leicester on Boxing Day and then we go to Sandy Park exactly. to play Exeter. Mm. So two really tough games and... You know, I think a lot... I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens. You know, is Sinclair going to be fit? Because, you know, if you've got Sinclair and Foa, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I just wonder, I think if there's any little niggles, any little knocks, people won't won't, won't go. Um, and it's it's interesting as well, you know, who, who else might be back? Because we, we were talking on the last pod about uh, Newell Argo. He, mm. he must be getting close God. to... Uh, being able to play again after the the, the, the fracture that he had in his arm, um, so so I think it will be I think it'll be fascinating, but uh, well whether Pete's there or not, the good thing is we know it is on BT Sport, so we'll be able to uh, watch the game and also Remy will be there for us anyway, so he yeah, can exactly. take Pete's place. Yeah, yeah, crowd. yeah. God, the, the pod's getting bigger, isn't it? We, uh, <laughs> we expanded a, a tree and a Frenchman. <laughs> Uh, and of course, I mean, what, what's interesting, I mean, I don't know whether this is <clears throat> still going to happen, but the club, um, clearly they must have chartered a plane to uh, take Ooh, fans yeah. to the game because there was that opportunity to buy a space, wasn't there, on the, that's right, the, the plane. I, I wonder now with the Omicron variant whether whether that's still happening. Miles, you're our, our, our <laughs> doctor-in-chief on, on, the, on the podcast, the medical man. Medical department. Our, our, Something our, like our, that. Our medicine man. Um... Do you think? Do you think the club would still do that? It's, it's a, yeah, potentially. I'd, I'd say absolutely not. There's no way we're risking mixing fans with players, because you know we don't know that. I mean, I asked the question: Are elite sportsmen still exempt from any yeah. form of quarantine? Yes. Let's hope they are, because we've got a game six days later. But fans on, um, they obviously have to take a lateral flow test, but. You feel like it's a bit of a kick in the teeth, wouldn't you, to say, uh, you get a personal phone call from Pat, say, listen here, Lee, I know you won this competition or whatnot, you got going to travel with the fans, but screw you, mate, it ain't happening. <laughs> You're going to have to get to Paris under your own steam. I, I cannot see the squad risking this um, with this variant flying around here. Mm. But then, if everyone's wearing masks and socially distanced on the plane, I mean, yeah. this is, this is it's all seriousness. This is where we, this is the debate we're having at the moment, society. I mean, you know, you can't, we have to get a balance, don't we? And if somebody's paid 400 quid or whatever to get on that flight and they follow all the guidelines and they, they sit apart and they've got a mask on yeah, yeah. and they've got a proof of vaccination and they've taken a lateral flow test five minutes before getting on the plane. And they're willing to take the risks when they get out to Paris, whatever. 
you know, why, why, why shouldn't they do it? You're right. You're all right. But then Miles is, is you're, <laughs> com- you're, I mean, you're coming from a point of view, if anything did go wrong, mm. I mean, it would be completely thrown at the team, wouldn't it? That, well, you've got yeah, fans yeah. on board the he's same right. thing. All these players, you are right. uh, these players have got dilemma. families, haven't they? Yeah. There is always a risk yeah. of a player. Taking and it on board, someone going so, on board and and, yeah, and testing not just negative. Fans, I mean, but the problem is, we can catch this. If we could, it, the risk is in Bristol as much as anywhere else. At yeah, the moment. And I just think, where do we draw the line? On, I agree. Yeah, uh, it's more of a risk going down Cabot next week probably <laughs> than getting on a plane to France <laughs> next next uh, for us Sunday. So I, 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 I think. Regardless of COVID, it's always a risk going down camp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, he's got a view. You need to get yourself up to um, up to North West, or walk, mate. That's yeah. much safer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's uh, work on the basis that the game's going to go ahead. That the plane flies with fans and players, and um, uh, we have predictions to do. So, uh, I am going to come to Miles first. Uh, Stade versus Bristol. What's your prediction for the game? Um, I'm going to predict a win this week, lads. Yay. Back on track. But it's, it's going to be a tough assignment. So, I think we could be a narrow, maybe like 21-19 to Bristol. 21-19. Uh, Lee? Your thoughts? Agree with Miles completely. I think it's going to be very tough. I am going for a win again for Bristol. Um, a little bit bigger. I think 24-17 for me. 24-17. Uh, oh, getting wrong way round. Pete, your uh, your predictions? <laughs> tough one, this, because I'm rubbish at this, obviously. I, 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 I think it's going to be a, a tight kick fest, uh, both in terms of scoring, penalties, not many tries. So... I'm just going to be. I'm going to. I'm going to say twelve nine, Ooh. but it could be twelve so, nine either way. And, yeah. and so, I'm thinking that I've got to say, I think it could be to them. You're going twelve nine to them. Oh, it's such a difficult one because before before seeing Connor, you know, put thirty six points on them, I, I would have thought it's it's a lot closer. Um, and we did see some some green shoots, didn't we? Yeah. Saw some glimpses in that yeah. that Gloucester game. Um, I, I, I I'm gonna completely sit on the fence and say it's gonna be a a twenty one all draw. <laughs> <laughs> Not playing there, the Lions. There, there we are. Yeah, my pink green kits. <laughs> True. Yeah. 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 Uh, right then let's move on you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans we're available on Apple Podcasts Spotify Podbean Buzzsprout and many more platforms you can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com on Twitter we're at bearsbeyondthegate oh sorry at bearsbeyondthegate and on Facebook you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page Uh, right so as we haven't had a huge amount to talk about with the game postponed, we thought it was a great opportunity to to reflect on the season so far. So we've just gone past the uh, the first third of the season, the league season. Um, and Pete, I'm going to come to come to you first. Um, you know, I, 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 I was looking down some of the the results, and you know. That second game of the season when we lost 44-8 up at Wasps. Uh, you know, the Quinns game where we were famously again winning 
at half time handsomely lost 52-24 um, you know we've had some pretty bad results uh, this season splattered with a, a sprinkling of you know, three wins, but not really against tough opposition. Yeah. What's what's happening? Well, I, I mean, clearly it is disappointing. I don't think any fan would say it hasn't been a disappointing nine games or so. And, and un, un, unexpected, I think. In, in uh, Particularly when we look back and think the first Saracens game, ironically, we probably played quite well in that mm. game and just got a bit out kind of done in the same game. Um but I, I think before we kind of pick up on a few things, which I'm sure we will, I think we've always got to keep the long-term perspective in the back of our minds, is that, you know, we aren't a completely unravelling at the moment. Um, we still have some very good players. We've got some fantastic, you know, international standard players. And we have a, a really good infrastructure around the club in terms of the training, in terms of coaches, in terms of stability, and a stadium that we've never had. So ultimately, I strongly believe that we are a sustainable rugby club in terms of long-term success uh, for those reasons. But clearly, there are issues. And I think, I don't know, I mean, I, 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 I think there's three things, but I, I, I mean, I'd say the system, we could discuss this whole thing about the system yeah. being the solution. Mm-hmm. You know, is this, is that, what is this? You know, is this a bit of a problem? Um, is it too rigid? Or do we not have the players to fit the system? That sort of thing. I do think there is a question about certain players, about whether they're good enough in, in terms of being good enough for what they do. And, and that's no disrespect to them. It's just, just observations. And then I think they're kind of all interlinked, but maybe there is an issue with certain aspects of coaching. You know, are we, are we training? Are we coaching the right things? Are we preparing for the right situations? Because there's always a limited time to train. You can't do everything in a week. Um, are we really? Are we? Are we? Are we looking at the opposition? And I, I was thinking about the Saints game with the scrum. I mean, that was just unacceptable. Mm. To that and yeah. you do wonder mm. then. Well, that's you know, it's, it's not all a player's fault. That is that a is that a, 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 tr- a coaching Coach. malfunction yeah. or a preparation? So they're all kind of connected. All of the issues, and I, and I don't think there's any one easy answer to this. But clearly, the one thing that's true is the fact we've only won three and we've lost quite a lot more so mm. I don't know what you guys think but that was my kind of general thinking well Lee let me come to you I think last season if I remember what right you know we, we lost four games all season in the league we've lost six already this mm. year um, you know where, where do you think it's it's gone wrong and you know we, we had a little bit of a joke about you know the phrase we're not a million miles away from you know clicking but how many miles are we if we're not a million miles, <clears throat> have we still got a few thousand to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I before we discuss that, I actually I want to jump back to last season mm-hmm. and say when we were winning these games, right? We, we let's all look at it really with with let's kind of take ourselves out of the Bristol Bears kind of mindset. Should we take those rose tinted spectacles? Yes. Off? Let's let's take them off for a second. Yeah. For me, a lot of those games last season, we came back, we won late at the, at the end, we scored a couple of tries, you know, quite close together. <clears throat> but we got to remember, when we look back at it, a lot of those sides that we were playing against have weaker squads than us. We played the Leicester Tigers, which which basically played like a youth team almost, wasn't it? Down uh, here. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> we played a lot of sides where really we were the dominant squad in the teams we played. So I just feel that, you know, I know it all unraveled in the in the semi-finals in the playoffs, but we got to we finished first in the table. But I do think there was a massive element of luck that was involved in that as well. When we were we weren't playing week to week against sides that had their best 23 out and we had our best 23. It, you know what I mean? So I think last season with COVID, it was slightly unbalanced anyway. You could, I think you're right. And you could also argue that some of these teams that we beat last season were in a kind of upward trajectory and have carried on and are a lot better this season. I think your Gloucesters, yeah. your London Irish, um, London Leicester, Leicester obviously. Leicester, sure. yeah. Mm. Um, and um, Northampton. And, North and I just think that, you know, we, we, you're right, we were lucky, we, but we were, I think, a, a better team. We were better. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of that luck came. So I think, you know, maybe we, we kind of stayed at a level and dipped a little bit because of various things. And, and just other teams have just... Have just come to like, come of age, as yeah. it were, and we're now in a in a dogfight against a lot of teams that are very similar to us. Mm. Uh, Miles, why why do you think uh, the the Bristol Star didn't keep on rising? Then why do you think why have we plateaued a little bit? Well, or dipped? Plateaued. My worry is, I think that that when the wheels completely came off the bus of that Harlequins game, I mean, goodness, you know. The chips were down, uh, morale was down, and I don't truly think we've ever come back for that. From that, sorry, um, some would say that you know nine games in, well, you forget that these are professional rugby players. There's a you know professional international coach, one of the best in the world or country. Some would argue, um, and they would get over that. But something just hasn't clicked since that Harlequins game. But uh, was that the point where? We like the players started distrusting the system. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I find it difficult. People saying we're psychologically scarred from that game. I I I I, I don't know. You know, we've all played a bit of amateur sport. Sometimes you get a drub in. Sometimes you lose a, mm. a big match or a final. Um, I don't know. Did I come back the next season not being able to kick a football or bowl a, a cricket ball? Um, well, I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I don't know whether this is this is more just kind of a, a nice I, media story. Yeah, I think it is. It's, a, it's an easy excuse, isn't it? Yeah. Because it has, it doesn't really mean anything. There's no substance to it. You can't you can't put any your finger on any evidence. I mean, unless you have a psychological report for mm. every single player yeah, yeah, from a yeah. trained psychologist, psychiatrist, how do we know it's effective? And also, the cold hard facts are a team that gets. To that point and loses come usually comes yeah. back stronger yeah, with extra determination you know the following season. I think season. it's something that Callum Sheedy mentioned in a post-match interview last week. Actually, I think either the Gloucester game or the Saints one, where he said, "You know, we play a game plan that demands high levels of accuracy. Yeah, we're just not doing it. Yeah. Now therein lies the the yes. kind of catch twenty two. It's like, is the game plan just too?" too difficult for our players or are our players not good enough for the game plan and maybe it's demanding a level of accuracy that we just don't have or it's creating pressure that we don't need that the players can't respond but to I do feel that opposition coaches have, have latched on yep. to that and I do yeah, feel yeah, that with the, with the blitz defence we've seen yep. it all season right yep. from the off and 
our players, I think, are capable of playing that system when they have time to play that system. But obviously, you're not going to get top-level rugby. You're not going to get this, that time. This takes it back to what I said before, is that it, it's... Is therefore, is it the coaching? Yeah. Is that if if this is clear to be seen that we don't deal with a rush defence offside or on or whatever, mm. why aren't we doing something to deal with it? Why aren't we seeing a, a shift or a change? I mean, you know, almost like why don't we go and watch rugby league and see what how they break? Because it, you know, sometimes watching Bristol, it feels like it's watching a game of rugby league. You know, there's a tackle and you know, it's, you push back. There's another tackle. There's a tackle and then tackle and then, you know, and then something happens. And yeah. I, I, you know, we we seem to be operating in small areas of space where there's other space on the pitch that we don't seem to exploit but it's a catch 22 is that is that a player's fault is it a coaching pull is it a system fault um, but I, I go back to what I said at the beginning is that yeah. we have to be happy and that we want to play a game of rugby that entertains and thrills because we don't want to just boot it long mm. we don't just mm. want to do box kicks we don't want to just put it up our jersey and, and trundle over the line. We Pat has clearly stated that that is his philosophy of rugby, is to keep the ball in hand as much as possible, keep possession, run the ball, blah, 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 hunt for space. So that's a good thing. We have to always remember that is a good thing, but it's a it's a kind of stressful thing as well. And is, but, Sorry, sorry Yeah, but, I mean, I totally agree with Pete, but remembering that system, our entertaining brand of rugby last season involved one of the best players in the world, Samir Andranja, who has not been here for the entire season. We saw glimpses of that, didn't we, at Gloucester on Friday night. You know, it was a bit out of sorts with his knock-ons and drops. But the centre partnership last year of Semi um, and Piers and and Siale, which destroyed the league on game after game after game, and that isn't there this season. It hasn't been thus far. And we can only hope now that Semi's back fit, that him and... Piers O'Connor, who's looked pretty insignificant for the whole season, will just click and the centres will just look on fire once more. I mean, that is a good point that Mars is making because... Hang on a minute, say that again? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't believe my mouth just even <laughs> said that, to be fair. You saw the tree didn't say that. <laughs> but our system does, it does work, but we have to have those players on the field because if you, I mean, it's, any team that takes semi out of it is going to be weaker, a lot weaker. But our system, you know, absolutely thrives with someone like that in the team who makes those breaks, takes the players with them. Then that gives Piers O'Connor the time to to make his runs. And then we're away again then, aren't we? All of a sudden, instead of being behind the game line, we're pushing on and we've got the attacking players that can destroy any team. So that is that has been a massive thing that we've lost players. But I do also agree with Pete. I think that we've got to... When we haven't got these players involved... Where's our plan B? Where's our plan C? Where's our plan D? We don't seem to have one at all, do we? No, I mean, I, you know, I was looking at the, you know, was the writing starting to go on the wall back in the last season, last three games of the season? Uh, we, we lost 22-12 uh, against Sale, got yeah. beaten up really a little yeah. bit up there and they, they, they were very strong on the defence. Uh, then we had that game away at Leicester Tigers, where again, you know, we we just mm, made it. At the, yeah. You know, that was Pat Gate on the uh, <laughs> on the sidelines, and then of course the uh, the playoff semi final, where you know we we had a, a fantastic first thirty five minutes of rugby, and then and then fell apart. Let me let me come to you, Pete. Is part of the problem 
playing in front of crowds because you know this golden run of games that we had hmm. was was in empty stadiums uh, you know are, are we intimidated now when we go to the likes of you know we haven't been there yet but the Welford Roads and the well take the hmm. King's Home when all of a sudden you've got you know thousands hmm. of baying Gloucester fans in the shed um, you know is that does, does that make a difference hmm. well I mean yeah the problem with that, Tony, is that we potentially fall into this issue between, you know, the difference between correlation and causation. You Absolutely. Know? And, uh, <laughs> it is an easy thing to do. And, and it's, uh, I I don't know. I, I don't know is the answer. I mean, clearly you can make a point, a, a case that that, that our, our dip in kind of a billet form. But then we play, when we first went back against Gloucester, you remember that day, the first match, albeit only 6,000 in the gate. Three. Uh, 3,000 in the gate, sorry. Uh I mean, it was brilliant. I mean, they, 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 they were. I mean, they, that was that ridiculous game where we didn't score any tries, but we, we you know, we. Well, I think we, we scored. Seven, we scored a seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did a seven and, and being the fans there seemed to be. And then you could argue that the first thirty-five minutes against Harlequins in the semi-final, there was no problem with fans in the stadium. There, we were mm. ripping them to shreds. So I don't think it's the fans. I think, I think professional rugby players have played enough. There's enough players, in fact, enough players in our team that have played in front of fans enough in their life at high level mm. to not be phased by it. But clearly we got into some sort of COVID rhythm <laughs> that worked for us. And I don't know what that is. Maybe it was easier to communicate on the pitch with each other because there was, you know, I don't know. So it's an interesting theory, but I just don't think we can... But you're, can dis- you're, you're dismissing it out of hand. I'm dismissing... No, what I'm saying is I think like a lot of things in life, you have to be wary about confusing... Correlation with causation for the statistics fans out there. Okay, you wanted to say. Well, I just want to say that's one for the teachers. But uh, <laughs> speaking from a Wood point of view, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not subscribing to that one bit. I think if you've got anything about you, and you're a professional sportsman, you want to go to King's Home and you want the shed to be on your back, and you want to shank it like Purdy did straight well, into the shed. Uh, but to be fair, it doesn't make many mistakes all, no. all Purdy. No, no. But but you'd want that, you know what I mean? You you Joyce, you see Joycey on the field, and it, that, that's that's the type of games that these guys live for. You know, that's that's what they were they were born to do, and that's where they thrive. So I, I'm not subscribing to the. I know it was probably a bit tongue-in-cheek tongue you, you put that out there, but I think that's the type of scenario that these guys absolutely love to bits mm. and want to be out facing it. I would. I mean, if I, would, if I had any sporting ability, mm. I would love to be out there doing it, <laughs> shanking it like birdie. Well, so let me come to you and let me quote one of the great philosophers of the, the 20th century, um, Forrest Gump, I think to, to slightly <laughs> slightly misquote him, watching Bristol Bears at the moment, it's like a box of chocolates. You you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> you know, we, we saw that game against Harlequins. Yeah. We all thought our season was up and running. 24-0 and... It was your green and black moment, wasn't it? It, 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 it was, you know, this is it, we're back. And then we get absolutely walloped in the second half. Um you know, we talked about it during the last pod as well. Eight, 80 minutes. Come, we, we still haven't got close <laughs> to an 80-minute performance, have we? Uh, absolutely, TC. I mean, the problem is we're struggling to get through to a 40-minute performance this season. It's, it's harsh but true. Um, we were nearly there last season. And 
It is worrying, isn't it, really? We've played some good first halves this season, some encouraging first halves. And I don't know what it was. We have alluded slightly, as of a few fans and followers, that our lack of pre-season game, initially, uh, we fell foul of fitness, a lack of it. Um, but I don't think you could argue in that camp now, can you, nine games no. in. Um, all our players should be fully fit uh, and ready to go for the full 80 minutes. But, there are, you know, we've had injuries and I understand players have only played for 60, 40 or eight, well, the whole game. But... It is worrying now that we can't string a 60-plus minute full performance together. And I'm just hoping for the next sort of rest of the season that uh, we see a massive change. I think we should also acknowledge that we don't have a divine right to win every game of rugby. I think... No, we don't. Uh, oh, we don't. <laughs> Even though we we started this podcast under the impression that that was what was going to happen, but we don't have a divine right to rugby, and I think we're just getting a bit of a rebalancing yeah. of the force. Uh, what is disappointing is that I think a six and three isn't quite our level. I think we, you, you, you know, uh, that's the problem is that we haven't been able to string a couple of performances. We did two good performances: Worcester, London Irish, and then we've lost two. You know, we lost to Saracens closely, hammered their beat bath, couldn't go on it. And I think we're, we're quite lucky to a, beat bath. Yeah. I mean, let's just analyse because, yeah. you know, Bath have played nine and lost all nine, haven't they? And we only just beat them. Yeah. Uh, we, we also beat uh, Worcester, who were bottom of the league, could barely string three or four victories together last season. And London Irish, who, again, I think we're bottom three, bottom four, they yeah, either they're, win they're magnificently they or lose heavily. And like you say, I mean, we, we hardly, like, we're outstanding any of these no, games. But that's my no, point, is we? I'm saying that we're not, we don't have a divine right to be miles better than a lot of these teams for reasons we've said earlier that I think a lot of them have improved. But I just think we're not a six and three, six lost three team. I think we would be more... We sh- on another kind of day, as it were, we could be a five and four either way because, you know, Newcastle, that could yeah. have gone either way. Um, I mean, even the Gloucester game last week, to be fair, we were looking good. We we discussed this, that at 10-15 with a penalty in front of the sticks, with Semi on fire and Charles Pietau appearing to come out of his slumber mm-hmm. a little bit, we all thought at that point we might go on and win this. So my point I'm trying to make is I think yeah. we just, we, you know, there's been a... we. Everything we, we, it's levelled to use a phrase. There's been a bit of levelling up in the Premiership, yeah. and we just come out on the wrong side of it a little bit. And I do agree with Pete. I mean, some of those games when you when you're playing those games and you're full of confidence, they're games that you win, you sneak, and then, but you get a four points or a five point win. But we're underconfident. We all know that. You can see that when they step out onto the field at the moment. They're under, you know when things start to turn. But this. The heads don't go down. No, they still no. battle. They don't, you know, it's full credit to the side. They, they always keep going. But that little bit of confidence isn't quite there. Mm. But if it is there, those games you win. So like mm. like Peter just said, we could easily have won a couple more of those games. And instead of three and six, we're, you know, we're the good maths. Hey, we don't five and four, maybe. Five and four. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be better if we played ten games because we yeah, said five and five, five would be nice a, good, and easy. a good return for this... And, and, and Miles, how how much can we blame injuries for the demise? I mean, you you kind of mentioned a bit earlier not having Sammy Ran Ranger in the team, but you look at teams like Wasps; they they've had a really yeah. big injury list, and some of their star players they're still above us in the league. 
Uh, well, we, I don't think we can blame it too much. Yes, we've like like most decent teams, we've had Carl Sinclair out of the not as many internationals out as as many other teams. So we can't use that as an excuse. We can, you know, we've had Semi out, Nualaga out, but like uh, the boys have said, the system should allow for every single squad player to step up and play as well as the next man. Um, maybe not the sort of international finesse of Semi, but you know, to a similar standard. And that hasn't happened. Um, and I don't think we can just entirely blame injuries at the wrong time. Every squad goes through this cycle of injuries and players coming back. Um, it, you know, and some of the key games maybe, that's it's, it's hindered us really. But, um, you know, as far as we probably would have last season... You know, you, you can look at the games, you, think, you target games, you think that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. You, you should be. Um, and that just hasn't happened. Well, I think it? that inherently that's the problem. We, we haven't got two players of the same quality in the same position. That's that's the problem. So when mm. we do lose the big players, mm. the players that, you know, I'm not going to call them replacements, but, you know, the, the players that step up aren't of the same quality. So then you do get the individual errors and the mistakes and the knock-ons and, you know, and I and I think that is the whole issue, is that our system does work with the big players, and it's great. And, and I do think, and I agree with people, I mean, the big players are coming back now, and I do feel we, we will have a better second half of the season. But inherently, there is a flaw, isn't there, with the whole design of it, because... It, it doesn't work when we don't have all those players out on the field. Mm. I, mean, I wonder whether we're, there's, we are a little bit soft as well at times. Mm. And, and I think, as, as was shown against Saints that highlighted that, that if you, get, if, if you get beaten up up front, then you're in all sorts of trouble. And I think last season, yeah, we, we had John Afoa fit quite a lot of the season. We had yeah. him, and he and you think of Quinns last year. They've had they had Joe Marler. They had some yeah. filth that kind of ran through. And I think teams that you know think of Exeter, some of the the kind of haircut filth that they have at Exeter, and I mean it in a positive, you know, respectful in way, a, in a rugby, in a rugby forward, filth yeah. way, yeah. in a sense that you know people like Cowan Dickey and. Jack, I know Jack Noel was injured, but those boys just—they will just stick their head in for their their club, won't they? Everywhere, and I just think that maybe that's a little thing that's lacked a little bit this season, and just again, just that, just that's that hardcore when the chips are down, you just need somebody to take control, take this, take the game by the scruff of the neck, and and, and make it ugly and make it dirty for ten minutes, mm. just to remind the opposition that. That you know, it's a it's a it's a man's game. Ugly and dirty lead. Does yeah. that that sound appealing to you? <laughs> it certainly does. To me. But just that just reminded me, Pete saying about um, about Chiefs. Then that completely threw me back to that game. You know when we we played Chiefs yeah, down here, and it was pretty it. much a, a Chiefs second team mm-hmm. that was out, and everyone was going about. Oh, you know um, the BT Sport we're talking about before the game. God, Ramrandra is going to absolutely go nuts in the midfield here, and and actually he got completely turned over the by um, the season, the no, COVID season, last the COVID by, season. Um, yeah, Hendrickson and, and uh, Dolman. Dolman, yeah, yeah, that was a good. And but then, but then all the Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had such a good game, didn't yeah. he? Uh, but actually, then flip that the other way. Probably our most impressive, filthy performances have been against. Exeter, Jeez, down I mean, there, that, down that, there. That, and also that first game in lockdown when we came back, 
the season of Saracens. When we played that Saracens game, it, we can do that. We mm. can win an arm wrestle. That's what worries me. We This season, we seem to have lost that yeah. somewhere. And I don't quite know whether that's personnel, whether it's just we've kind of taken the foot off the pedal of of coaching that and, and sort of got almost... Um, believe in our own hype a little bit about the Bristol way and 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 then sort of didn't really Get balance it this season with the kind of the the game plan. So I, you know, I don't know. You know, we got too excited about the Blackbird. Actually, the tree, yeah, the tree. Tree, tree, tree wants to make a point, and I think it's an excellent point that. Um, and let me let me put this to you, Miles. You know, not having a rampaging Nathan Hughes, that kind of player that can really cause havoc, you know, and that is filth, isn't it? When Nathan is on the rampage, that 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 gets defenders rocking back on their heels. How much of a factor has that been that, you know, yes, he, the form might have dipped, but we've had some good back row players come in, but it's not filth like Nathan. That's a really valid point, Mr. Tree. And... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I hate to agree with a tree, especially an artificial one. But I don't know. We we have discussed previously that the sort of modern day number eight, a sort of Don Brandt, Simmons and what we have, Fitzharding, is a really mobile number eight who can offload brilliantly uh, and then it's hard to catch. And that's what we've got. So we cannot argue the fact that Fitzharding doesn't fit that bill. But yeah. Literally. Literally. Um, but where we got pushed back embarrassingly by Saints, that puts the argument brilliantly, the fact that you haven't got another, I don't know how many kilos on top of that Nathan Hughes's bulk at the end, who really is a bit filthy, who can take down three or four players uh, with the ball, but doesn't really like to offload as well as Fitzharding. So I agree with the tree partially and I disagree partially as well. And, and Lee, let me come to you. I mean, one of the, things we, on one of the yeah. things we said when Nathan first signed for us, that we lacked that that forward that could really bulldoze over the line and, and make those line breaks. How much of a factor do you think his, his loss of form and now loss of favour, it looks, with Pat has been? Yeah, I mean, undoubtedly, when Hughes came, we were all rejoicing, weren't we? Because we know exactly what we'd get with Nathan Hughes. And also, I mean, getting, you know, kind of uh, booted out by wasps. He had that bit between his teeth. At, at a point when he first signed for us, we were thinking he could, this guy could get back into the England team. Mm-hmm. He was playing so well. But I hate to disagree with my own tree. <laughs> but we, I think we all know... Nathan's on the way and we also know that Pat is absolutely imperious in, in terms of if if you're not part of the future of the club you're never going to get back in and he might be you know, a couple of premiership games or whatever premiership cup games but Nathan Hughes is never getting back in that team and even though he does give us the grunt or he did give us the grunt I don't think this season he's actually or the last few games he's actually done that he hasn't been making those marauding breaking you know runs and breaking the game lines for me anyway and I don't think we had the Nathan news that we had when he first signed it mm-hmm. takes me back to the old pre-season thing is that maybe he was the one player who really did need a couple of pre-season games mm-hmm. so you could argue mm-hmm. it's a bit unfair on him because you know it was those first couple of games that he started didn't he and, and, and he didn't play that well and, and then we haven't seen him since and 
you know, maybe that was maybe it was the pre-season thing. It wasn't about the whole squad. <laughs> it was just about one player, <laughs> and that he, you know, we've we've seen his, uh, you know, we've seen his dietary excursions, haven't we, Nathan Hughes? And you think, well, you know, he does need sharpness, and he wasn't sharp at the beginning of the season, and he's paid the price. But also, I mean, this is a conversation that we that we haven't had a chance to discuss yet, but we've got some serious cost-cutting measures coming, haven't we? So. Nathan Hughes is going to be the first big casualty yeah. of that cost-cutting exercise, in my opinion. Well, that, that, that's one of the points I was just going to come on to then. Um, and I, I think that is starting to be a factor because let's let's face it, uh, you know, Ben Earl and Max Malins, if you'd taken those two players out of our team last year, would we have finished top? Um, no. You know, we, we haven't been able to replace them. Obviously, Siali went... Uh, and we haven't really got a, a gnarly inside centre that's come come uh, come into the team. Are we now starting to struggle? Are we starting to be levelled down with some of the other clubs that maybe weren't able to spend up to to the um, the salary cap? And you look at the news this week. You know, wasps have tempted cock out of Saracens. Uh, <laughs> Say that again. Sorry. Sorry, I missed, missed that. that yeah. <laughs> Saracens have let go of their prop. He's gone to Wasps. Um, and there was speculation in the Telegraph as well that uh, uh, Sam Skinner and Johnny Hill are going to leave uh, Exeter. Yeah. You know, are, are we finding where Lansdowne's money had us right up to the cap mm. with, you know, really top marquee players as well? That actually, as these contracts are coming up for renewal, you know, if somebody is on 400,000, there was the rule that, uh, you know, only three quarters of that counted towards the cap. So, Suddenly, if you have to bring someone in, you've only got 300,000 to play yeah. with. So you, you're not playing like for like. Are we going to see clubs that maybe, uh, you know, weren't spending quite up to the cap? Actually, you know, has that been part of the thing now? We, 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 we haven't been able to replace some of those players that, that made us a top four team. What do you think, Pete? I agree with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, what? No, seriously. Okay, but, but what do you think? I can't add to it. The, the Premiership, the product as a whole. Then, do you, I mean, it's well, got well, isn't it? Yeah. You're right, because there is an argument now. Um, I mean, it's been in the press this week, hasn't it? Before the European matches, that we will just not be able to compete with French sides. Mm. Uh, we have a much higher salary cap, um, and I, I sort of feel it's true. I mean, um, yeah, to go in about five million next year. You need world class players to, to play. You barely get out of bed for that. Well, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, so that's it, the Duchess's second property, the it, value of it, that. Yeah. It then thumbs down the European competition because, yeah. let's face it, I mean, yeah, my, my beloved Tottenham Hotspur are playing the European Conference League and well, not we're not even qualifying in that. It just becomes a shambles, doesn't it? it you know, if, you, if you've got an elite yeah. cup competition, of all the best teams in Europe, mm. you want the best players playing the best teams, and then the winner absolutely deserves to win it. And like, like Mars has just said, if you the French teams are going to be even stronger, the Irish teams will be strong, and and basically the Welsh, the Scottish, and the English teams. But saying that, I mean, look at France. Andre Pollard's just left France, hasn't he? To go to Leicester. But they will generally year. keep. I mean, no doubt that will be a marking signing, won't it? But yeah, but, and they're offloading Ford, yeah, so you yeah, could say yeah. you know they're probably bringing similar uh, in but some of these players that have been on big salaries and of course the other thing that we haven't talked about is um, or in this this discussion tonight 
is about the changes to um, being able to go back to your country of birth if you've represented yeah. another team. Because obviously, you know, we paid big bucks to, for Charles Piatel, Stephen yeah. Luatoa, because we thought they weren't going to get called for internationals. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, if uh, Charles Piatel is away for several weeks of the season playing for... Uh, it would be Tonga, Tonga isn't Tonga. it? Tonga. Yeah, Tonga. You know, Luatoa, I think, can play, is it for Samoa? Um, you know, some of these players would disappear and almost patch strategy to bring in these big names that had mm. gone past their, you know, they, they decided mm. to, to lead the international field. You know, imagine if we start losing them, yeah. like Sinclair, for six, eight, 10, 12 weeks a season, it, it becomes difficult. It becomes really, really difficult. But I mean, you can argue that it will bring youngsters through, but as a, a competition as a whole, it's not going to be the same quality, is it? You you can't take those players out of a team and, you know, have the, have the same level of competition. I, I do wonder as well. I mean, it's it's you, you've talked about the youngsters and, you know, it's part of our problem that we are waiting because it's taken a while to get the academy right and set up as we wanted, we, we haven't seen that production line coming through. Like maybe you look at Leicester and some of the players that, you yeah. know, that, that have come through, the stewards, the, you know, like Potter. I mean, Harry Potter, did you see him at the weekend? One minute he was there, the next minute he disappeared. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he had his invisibility, <laughs> invisibility cloak on. Like magic. <laughs> it was magic. But, you know, are, are we still a season or two before yeah. getting some of these players that have been brought up in the Bears way, that have, you know, you know, come, come up and had that experience with the first team? Um before they start really making an impact. Yes, we've had Fitzharding come through. Um, Bates is on the periphery. Fitzharding wasn't really... I mean, he came from Durham University, didn't he? But, I mean, it, when you're talking about all this, the alignment of all of the, yeah. the, the age groups, and I think you're, you're right, Tony, it's going to take a bit of time. You can't... It's just not going to happen overnight. And I think, you know, when you think about it, the, the performance centre was only set up last season. Yeah. You know, Pat's, it, that sort of thing is a long-term project. Hence why I go back to what I said right at the beginning is that I still think it's we've got to be optimistic and positive mm-hmm. about everything because we have an infrastructure in place that will allow long-term sustainability. We may not be ripping up the league every year, but we, we're we always going to be there or thereabouts. And remember, we weren't there or thereabouts for ages mm. in the past. So, uh, so I think, I mean, having my observation when I went down to Sandy Park for that Premiership Cup and they brought a load of young lads on, you know, we, they are, we're not a million miles away <laughs> from, a, from some of the young lads coming, coming through, but I think we have to be patient. Um, All right, let's, let's draw this particular part yeah. of the pod to a conclusion then. I'm going to come to each of you in turn. I'm going to come to Miles, then Lee, and then Pete. Uh, give me your prediction on where Bristol will finish in the league this season and how far they will go in the Champions Cup so Miles first then Lee then Pete oh that's a tough one I think oh sorry and Tree and Tree the Tree will get well the... actually Tree you can help Miles yeah he'll get the closest predictions all your resources tough. yeah, yeah. <sighs> things have got to, things have got to get better they, I mean they can't really get too much worse for uh, things can only get better as D. Reid would say <laughs> Didn't Tony Blair use that as his campaign? Um, but I now feel as if we will struggle, personally, to get top six. Um, so I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict seventh. Okay. 
and in the and the European Cup, it's difficult because we haven't even seen the game, have we? <coughs> I think we'll get through the pool stages. I think we then might um, get knocked out thereafter in the next stage. So out of the pool, a bit like Pete does in his budgie smugglers. <laughs> 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 Lee, Miles has gone for seventh. Are you? More optimistic or pessimistic? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm more optimistic, only slightly more optimistic, though, because I think we've, we're starting from a long, long, long way back. But I do think when we get our, our big boys back into, and they get a rhythm going again, I, I think we're going to finish. I, I'm going to go for, for fifth, fifth in the league. And I know it's probably pushing out a bit. But. And in the uh, Champions Cup? Quarterfinals. And I think we'll meet one of the big boys and then get get mothered. Okay, Pete. I think we will sneak sixth. It will be tight. It could go right to the wire. It could be on in that little. It could be in June, last game last away. Of sail. Mm. We might need a result. Sail away. Sail, sail away. Sail away. But uh, so I, 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 you know, I'm confident that we'll have a much better second half of the season. Um, Champions Cup. I think we'll get through, but it depends who we come up against. We could we you know, on our day, as we know, we we could on our day we can win a knockout. <laughs> we could definitely lose a knockout. So yeah. I, I, I would I would say that realistically, I think I'm with Lee. I think I think in, a, in optimistically we might make the first knockout and then we'll get out. We'll be knocked out in the second, in, which is quarters, in, in, in the quarter yeah. final. Okay. Um, I am going to I'm going to agree with the tree and miles I, I think we might just fall short I, I think it might might be seventh we've given ourselves a lot of work to do and there's lots of teams that have got to lose games for us to not only for us to win but we, we they, they've got to lose so I, I'm saying seventh uh and worrying as well, I, I'm also going to say the same. I think we'll get out of the pool. I think we'll get out of the pool quite comfortably. Uh, but I think I think we might get knocked out in that, that first knockout round, uh, much as it pains me to, to say that. Christ, the world's a bit lying around. It's going to be, going to be strong. <laughs> Asteroid or something like tomorrow morning. Let you keep I, 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 I haven't listened back, but I think we were all confident when we did the podcast at the start of the season that we were all saying, yeah, yeah, top, top four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. a problem, top four. Uh, well, that's why it's nice to have a little recap, Dave, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, and maybe we'll recap again after we've played um, <laughs> Le- Leicester, <laughs> yeah. Exeter and, and Sale and uh, see where we are. I think if we're only on three wins after that, then uh, I think Lee, your fifth, might be looking rather optimistic. But anyway, let's, let, let's not finish the pod on a downer because uh, where the, the men's team hasn't uh, had things all their own way, the women's team are continuing a fantastic season uh, a late comeback victory uh, against Worcester, winning uh, 14 points to 12. Uh, and what made the weekend even sweeter was Saracens lost 17 yes. 36 uh, at home to Quinns. So that means that the, the women's team are top of the table again, played 8 1 7, lost 1, 35 points. Saracen played 8 7, uh, 1 7, lost 1, 33 points. And then Quinns third, played 8 1 6. Uh, lost to 29 points so us pride. hats off to the women's team um, I think uh, you know that's been a real highlight of the season to see see just how much they 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 come on I, I mean it is quite amazing mm. because let's 
let's remember last season they they were really struggling. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot of credit's got to go to big. I know little Dave Ward. <laughs> he's only a hooker. Big Dave Ward. I mean, he's obviously made a massive impression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone that uh, you know wasn't playing was playing not that long ago, and and you know the fact he's got his wife involved as well, and it's still going well. It's a, it's a it's a good <laughs> thing. So fair play to both of them. Right, okay. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, That's it for this show. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your podcast platform. We'll be back next week with our review of the Stade Francais game and a preview of the Boxing Day game against Leicester Tigers. Until then, goodbye, stay lucky, and come on, Briz.